Why? Well, who knows? Maybe I can find something better than super glue to hold it in place. Like a manservant. Yeah, like a manservant. Yeah. Oh, I just have Edward hold my headphones <laughs> in place. Edward. The sort of <laughs> the headphones again, podcasting again, sir. <laughs> the villain form of servant man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually have a he- have like a headband on my headphones. It's just two different cups that Edward holds <laughs> on my ears. <laughs> and then he he smiles at me when I say good jokes. <laughs> See, he's smiling right now. Thanks, Edward. Does he ever frown at you though? Uh, yeah, but I pay him not to. Mm. So when he frowns, I need to pay him more. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. But at least he feels comfortable enough communicating that he doesn't feel like he's making enough. Well, yeah, it's a pretty open relationship that we have, you know? Do you fuck him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's frowning. Right now. <laughs> My name is... Mr. Sour Pickle. They are the visionaries. Rappling hook. Unlock it, yeah. That's right, baby! It's Saturday morning Tuesdays, yet again, 200th episode special. We're the animated podcast about real cartoons, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I don't know that we've used any other particular uh, uh, names over the years. Maybe just sort of a, a, a throw out to, to the early years where we didn't have a tagline. I'm We're Andy. the thing we always say. The thing we always say <laughs> is that I'm Austin. <laughs> I'm Rory. And this is this is a mistake, I feel. But a very, a very long time coming mistake that we needed to make a very what, important you talking about one. To doing 200 episodes of our podcast <laughs> that could be argued as well yes that could it be needs that could to be, be argued because of our uh <laughs> opaque numbering system has left us <laughs> unable to fairly decide how many episodes we've made yeah yeah we we didn't you know early on we did away with numbering because Fuck numbers, right? Fuck systems. I'm not working in your system. Uh, but yeah, so this is roughly our 200th episode, and I think we get to decide well, when that I is. I think we should clarify, we when we ditched episode numbers, it was because the number we kept putting on our episode contradicted the number many people saw in their podcast application. Yes, yes. Uh, an issue you can currently see live if you go to, uh, for instance, My Brother, My Brother and Me, which still puts their numbers in their title, and then on iTunes it also shows a number, and the number's not the same number, and it drives me nuts, like my eye twitches looking at it. We tried to avoid that particular problem and created a new problem where our anniversaries mean nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but... Time is a flat circle. <laughs> but hey, here we are. We're we're sort of we're sort of celebrating a little bit. It's like a little bit of a celebration and a little bit of like a we sort of we we feel as though if we don't do this show, this particular show now, we may never have a better excuse to do it. And I and feel we've like we've teased it for such a long time. Yeah. Without you even realizing we've been teasing it, I think. <laughs> I don't even know that we've ever really explicitly discussed it on an ep- aired episode. Um, I suppose that's possible. There is uh, there is one soundbite that has 
lasted the various iterations of our theme song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it comes from a little known television show called Pandemonium. <laughs> yeah, you said the magic word. Uh, uh and it's Pandemonium and <laughs> this was a show from 1982 produced by Marvel. Technically, one of the one of the production companies was Marvel. <laughs> and I got to say, so this is the show that really in some ways it started it all. Yeah. But we the theme song for Pandemonium was one part of our regular rotation when we were just insufferable to be around. And uh, when, you know, when was that? that time, what, what time was know, that? <laughs> yeah, that one time. And then we stopped doing that. Um, well, it was more of an inside joke because it, it's not a fun song. It's but it is it is the theme song is. Is arresting a, is arresting. That's, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> Yes. It's not a yes. bop. And I, it's just a no, long list of things that happen. No. And I think we'll, you will hear it in its entirety very soon. Yeah, I think um, that's and true. And I think we will have to walk through it sort of beat by beat. I, I also think that's true. After you've heard it. Um, so I want to I wanna say that. But just to say that we were united by, by this piece of trash. <laughs> and it was... We were unable to watch it for a long time because nobody cared, and I can see mm -hmm. why, yep. um, to archive it, to really keep it anywhere, to make it available or compri you know, comp uh, compile it on DVD or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because I think it's very bad. It lives in, it lives in that, that strange zone where unless your mom in a basement has a VHS tape that you recorded episodes of this from television – no one has it like it might exist somewhere at MGM. It might exist somewhere at CBS, like in some sort of weird, horrible back room. But that's not ending up on the Internet anywhere. This is re completely reliant on people some ripping their VHS tapes. basement. <laughs> keep the 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 real the real <laughs> wet farts that they put. Well, out. you never know, too. Like, to be fair, um, it's possible there's been some sort of lapse in ownership and maybe marvel just doesn't want their name associated with it at this point in time <laughs> yeah like it'd be any number oh, of yeah. things yeah because this was yeah. this was the the brainchild of a few minds that are like old school cartoon guys right like um uh what's his butt da patty from da patty freeling uh and and the guy for, the guy who did scooby-doo like these are like decades past their relevance they made pandemonium in the 80s and, and what a surprise, they made a show that was decades past its relevance. <laughs> yes. This very much feels like a show that could have been made in 1968 or 1972 <laughs> or whatever, and then got shelved, got put into cryostasis, and then somehow <laughs> went up on the air in 1982 when like things were found cool. footage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does not it does not belong in the futuristic eighties. No. This is a, out of time. It has a laugh track, you guys. Yeah. It has, it has, it's apparently one of the last Saturday morning cartoons to ever have a laugh track. Well, it not only has a laugh track, it has, I mean, I suppose we've already said how dated the show is, but it's, it's this odd old timey laugh track. Some sort of Dick Van Dyke <laughs> show era uh -huh. laugh track. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's also, I mean, the characters are doing so, I mean, you know, again, might be get dipping too much into the show itself, but like the characters are all doing like weird, like droopy voices and, mm-hmm. and, uh, just old world cartoony it's... voices. The, the voice actors in the credits are all named like Wilt and Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like well, it's one of those like, shows that really gives you the sense that maybe everyone who worked on it knew somebody who was literally in vaudeville. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. like it has it like a lot of stuff we make these days, of course, ha- you can trace its lineage back there. But these guys feel like maybe they saw vaudeville. <laughs> and this was made by dinosaurs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But and we're about to hear it. They managed to create possibly the most intriguingly overwrought like synopsis cartoon intro that I've ever seen. Yeah. And it has haunted us to this day. And we're going to dive right into Pandemonium. Mondragor, master of evil, steals the magical pyramid of power. Whoever has the pyramid controls the universe. But it falls and explodes in far-off Tibet, its pieces scattering all over the earth. Only an American boy sees the explosion. He and his sister fly there and meet three panda bears who help them fight Mondragor. From the skies, Mondragor controls wind, fire, thunder, and lightning. On Earth, his powers disappear, and he can only control the minds of others, and they carry out his evil plans. The race to recover the pieces of the pyramid is on. It's Pandemonium! 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 So, like, what I... what I'm blown away by in this in this theme song, uh, if you can call it either of those words, um, <laughs> is is for all of the uh, narrative info dump that happens. I would call that 95 percent of the narrative of the show. Right. Like, yeah, uh-huh. it's pretty heavily panda farce from this point on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just I just find it I find it such a strange uh a strange unnecessary choice to explain the canon of uh of this of this work that just doesn't call for it. Yes. Yes. I, I wanna okay, I wanna walk through just to cover again, I know you just heard it, but I just wanna cover just how much actually gets covered in this whole thing. Yeah. Like each each moment. I want to break this into chunks. <laughs> yeah. You know? I actually have Our, it broken up if you if you want oh, me to good, read them me out too. loud. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Okay. So Mondragor, master of evil, steals the magical pyramid of power, and whoever has the pyramid controls the universe. Okay. Okay, great. And so Duh. this pyramid is, you know, great. So we've established Mondragor is evil and controls everything. And also he needs the pyramid to also control everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and apparently that pyramid is just on like a high column. It's just like sitting <laughs> in space, up just high out of reach, <laughs> out, slightly out of reach. <laughs> okay. What's the next section? But it falls and explodes in far off Tibet. It's pieces scattering all over the earth. Okay. So, Here's a couple things I got to say about this. So <laughs> the the th- intro theme shows shows it exploding in space and then the pieces sort of scattering. And so you're led to believe that so it explodes and then it lands in Tibet and then also all over the world. Yeah. Um. 
And also, not only that, far off Tibet, which <laughs> when you're in space, I think everything is equally far off, right? Yeah. Also, it doesn't just fall. In the intro, it very much looks like Mondragore just full-on butterfingers this thing. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> which isn't even accurate to the show when the show recreates all of this. It it occurs very differently, which yes. is like, if you're going to show us this whole fucking thing and not even have it be accurate, what are you doing <laughs> with our time? All right. Only an, one. only an American boy sees the explosion. He and his sister fly there. Which we assume is Tibet. Yes. This, this I think, was maybe the line that, that Rory and Austin and I laughed the yeah. most about. It was yeah. only an American boy. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it is sort of steeped in that America-centric narrative. I think they they needed to establish quickly after the, the, the pyramid falls to Tibet that the boy who finds it is not Tibetan. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, Right. But it just it just after the after a after a wizard drops a pyramid to from space to Tibet, <laughs> there's a hard cut to just a dork with a telescope who sees this all happening. <laughs> and then oh, thank God he's white boy, American. An American boy. <laughs> yeah. Only an American boy. <laughs> and meet three uh. panda bears who help them fight Mondragore. Right. And yes, there are three panda bears. Uh Halfway through the exposition, we finally meet who are absolutely the main characters of this show. Um, because yeah, Peter, okay, Peter and his sister we, are nothing. Right. Now, are we going to learn the rest of the, the intro is going to tell us more about the panda bears or Peter and his sister? Oh. What is the next section? Well, well I should. I, I do kind of want to briefly point out. <laughs> yeah. The area of China that they've chosen to place this show in uh, very distinctly it has no panda bears. Well, really? I don't think it has crocodiles either, but that's fair. Know, that's we'll get fair. into that. But I, I guess I just think it's odd because in, you could almost get away with this now, but certainly in the 80s, uh, just assuming nobody knows anything about China and just. Yeah. Uh, I, so I guess in some ways, then the point is moot, but then Tibet's, I don't know. I, I find it odd because you could just say China and people would um, I yeah. think more or less be okay with that. Uh, that description yeah, of that but description. they wanted to go for the Himalayas. They, they wanted to go, go for, for the Tibet. Himalayans. Do they have pineapples there, by the way? Do you know in the Himalayas? Do they have <laughs> Yeah, they just they're falling. pineapple trees? <laughs> <laughs> they're falling from all those pineapple trees. Uh all right. Yeah, now let's learn more about Peter and the other main characters and the people we care about. From the skies, Mondragor controls wind, fire, thunder, and lightning. So cool. Cool. So he's a weather wizard. Uh, now, next part. But on Earth, his powers disappear, and he can only control the minds of others, and they carry out his evil plans. Yeah. Wow, so. that sure is a lot of specific things about Mondragon. <laughs> so from space, he can make it rain. But if he wants to do anything else, he has to take somebody's brain over. Uh, but, like, does he... Like, we don't get shots of him constantly, like, going to and from Earth. Like, okay, I got to be up here and do the weather, and then I got to come <laughs> down here to do no, the thing. No, it does not delineate like, in the, the show. No, and really. both episodes we saw had nice weather all day. <laughs> Until he decided to do nasty things to them. For a second. But if he can... Yeah, but if he can, <laughs> Momentarily. If he can do nasty things to them, like throw lightning bolts, what is the distinction between him 
having power from the skies, but then on Earth he can't do stuff. I know. It's, and also, why would it? Why would his powers disappear on Earth? Okay, we have we have one final. Also, no, line. I just. Oh. But why? And why would you spend this t- this precious time in the narrative to to have to clarify this yeah. every time? Just say that he uses mind control. I don't know. Like you don't have to specify. Yes, well, in the right position, he has powers over these four things, and then Magic on Earth, he doesn't cool, have Austin. those powers, but he does have different powers. Like, this is this is your theme song. <laughs> Fucking hell. The final thought, the race to recover the pieces of the pyramid is on. It's pandemonium. Pandemonium, pandemonium. And the rest of the theme song is panda shenanigans. Yeah, and then it's another 30 seconds or so of of wiggles and slide whistles and farts and things. (laughs) In the theme song, we learn no one's name, but these three pandas are like just three pandas. And then Uh, what's the the nationality of the main character? Mm. Oh, American. Oh, thank God. (laughs) I'll keep watching. Yeah, so this this uh this is this is where we are. This is what we got. And yeah. And uh <laughs> it's it's pretty incredible. It has primed us for the true enjoyment of the cartoon. Yeah. Now, it is also not the first time we've sort of on mic reacted to this theme song. Uh, uh because I don't think that's th- ever aired, has it? I don't no. think it, no, it is not ever aired. Uh-huh. Thirty minutes of of take of our takes on the theme song from Planet Money. <laughs> yes, and I don't remember anything that we said because I don't think we've really listened to well, it. It was but, like four years ago, too. Yeah, because so when we needed to, uh, make when we were making this podcast, we kind of was it like a proof of concept it that kind we did, of, we just or was it like bandying around I, about what we were going to talk about and what sort of structures we were going to use and mm-hmm. you know yeah, segments and like, all that. It was just an idea to just sort of break down this this theme song yeah without wasting our conversation on something we really did want to use for the show right yeah yeah Yeah. so i i I just i do think that's fun that's part of the reason why we're actually doing this for our two in the episode is that we kind of use pandemonium to get this thing kicked off the ground and uh (laughs) figured someday we might return to it if it's ever fully watchable because yeah at the time it was not available on youtube we couldn't it literally was nowhere yeah. And now it's on YouTube and we thought, well, fuck, now well, we can finally watch it. Three episodes are on YouTube. Yeah, actually, there might be more. I've actually been crawling through and the people that are uploading Pandemonium episodes, there is one guy who keeps going, I am looking for episode nine. I'm looking for episode nine of Pandemonium. If anybody has it, uh, if anybody has seen it and you have other people in the comments like, hey, I know there's that guy looking for episode nine of Pandemonium. Uh, I haven't found it, but. Uh, My favorite was one guy who was like, hey, do you have episode nine? And he responded and is like, no, if you read the description, you'd know I already don't. And I'm looking for it. <laughs> I guess he's Billy Eichner. I'm imagining this guy is Billy Eichner. Very excited I about like this cartoon. It. <laughs> it's Pandemonium. <laughs> there's three pandas. Miss for a dollar. What happened in this episode? <laughs> uh, Rory, please take us away. I've I've put the synopses in our Discord, so oh, there they are. All right, everybody, swoosh so, us in. Episode one: The Beginning. Mondragore tries to steal the Pyramid of Power, but it breaks into hundreds of small pieces. Um, I guess at this point, sure, time. yeah, and lands in various locations all over Earth, uh, or Tibet, <laughs> or just Tibet. Uh, <laughs> Peter and Peggy Darrow track one to Tibet, where it ends up 
uh, where it ends up with three talking male pandas. Chesty, Timothy, <laughs> and Algernon. These are good names. <laughs> Madrigor finds the group and threatens them with a storm. Oh, the pandas! Put a storm on you. The pandas become. Oh, we haven't even talked about this yet. The pandas become <laughs> Papa Panda uh, and repel the storm with supernatural power. Afterwards, the five embark on their global quest. Yeah, they make a fleshy Voltron. <laughs> they sure do. It's really weird. They just yeah. It it also happens with like no pomp or circumstance. They just kind of like do a human. This is pyramid. just a power. That, the same way that they the. I mean, it's kind of fun because these three talking bears. I mean, you know, it's not like they were normal panda bears who accidentally ate one of the pieces of power. They're just three talking bears. Uh, who can form a flesh Voltron. Who can form a flesh Voltron <laughs> and just decide to join American Boy and his sister on a quest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's out also for an episode that is called The Beginning. And then you find out that these panda bears also could always talk and could always form a flesh Voltron <laughs> that, that repels supernatural storms with its sort of cosmic energy. Uh, is is a little unfulfilling. It I is unfulfilling, say. especially with such an obvious setup that I like. I just mentioned, right? Like, yeah, the normal they, bears they like, gave lick, him, you know, eat the pieces of power and then get. They magic gave him powers. a t-ball. It's like a t-ball pitch of just like they here they they gain this this power. It literally exploded on top of them, this cosmic energy. And they're like, oh no, we could always do that. <laughs> like, well, no, you had it right there. You. Ah. Yeah, it's so it's so frustrating because it does definitely seem like we're supposed to infer that this is because of the pyramid of power. And yet they talk like they have a history of doing this. And it's like not just today that they got these powers. And it's yeah, it's completely weird. It's like it's like they ask us to swallow two completely contradictory things and then just sort of shrug at us and go, fuck you. It's pandemonium. Let alone, again, remembering everything we learned in that fucking narrative opening. <laughs> and none of it involved the origin of three panda bears, our main characters, getting the ability to talk and do, and do a flesh fold. Yeah, it should be very clear that 98% of the show is is the, the panda bears. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Peter and Peggy Darrow are kind of, they're very much tertiary to the, to the, the episodes we watched. Yeah. Yeah. They largely don't seem to influence things very much. They're there to comment on it and be normies. Sure, just um, to be the sort of American plant to be, what's that over there? Right. Yeah. And also to be sort of mildly sexist towards Peggy. Yeah. Um, but I want to sort of walk through these beats, at least early in the episode, before it yeah. becomes total nonsense. Uh yep. so again, so we get a walkthrough of what we learned through the intro. But things are slightly different. Yeah. And uh, again, where we learn that Mondragore is just reaching a tall cliff like the cookie jar up on the counter. <laughs> um, and then it just sort of pieces out through the floor. Uh, and yeah, winds it doesn't up on like Earth. him. It doesn't want to be with him. And it, it runs right. away. Also, the narration lets us know that not only so in the in the intro, we learn Mondragore is the master of evil. But the narration goes farther. It tells us Mondragore, the most evil being in all worlds anywhere. And that's a that's a wild statement to make. <laughs> yeah. And he's getting this pyramid of power in some sort of extra planar, I don't know, floating planet sanctuary of some kind that just that holds a pyramid. And again, there's no defenses. There's no gate. It's you know, just kind of. 
<laughs> I kind of want to say I like that they establish uh, Majigor as the paragon of evil. I think it does a good job setting a tone that this is not going to be this sort of expansive world where a bigger, a bigger, meaner villain keeps showing up. Uh-huh. There's all there's That's just Majigor. Well, no, I mean the the show is is absolute nonsense, but it, it's a it's a choice I like for a show like this because even because you know He Man didn't start with any is not substantially higher quality, and yet it sort of starts building this canon of other more evil. Skeletor is just a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, as soon as it drops. Mondragor throws a real tantrum. Uh, <laughs> it's very funny. Because he's basically just like, this is no. the first moment he learned the evilest guy in all of evildom. And he's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> shoot. <laughs> Fuck. And then we see, we see the pyramid completely whole fall and fall directly onto these three pandas and explode in Tibet. Which again visually tells us that the that the, the pandas being talking pandas should be because of the pyramid of power. But anyway, moving on from that, uh, it explodes, and then we cut to the American boy, Peter Darrow, and we learn is eighteen years old. That yes, that will be kind of important. Um, because again, I have a lot of questions because well, he's about, about his to, family. He's about to travel without his parents. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that's one question I have. Um. <laughs> We know, so we learned that Peter is the reason he's the only person on earth to witness this explosion in Tibet is because he is working overtime on summer break, I guess at a, at an observatory looking mm-hmm. through a telescope and, and he sees it. Cause I guess no other observatories work over summer or something. <laughs> um, and he's like, Oh God, I got to go get this. And so we learned that he, now is flying over to Tibet with his younger sister, Peggy. Uh, Peggy and Peggy. Using a credit card left by their vacationing parents, Peter Darrow flies to Tibet, accompanied by his younger sister, Peggy. Yeah, they're on vacation and they left their <laughs> two kids at home with their credit cards. Their parents are on summer break, so they left all their money with the children who were working. <laughs> who were <Yeah>. working. <laughs> For no money, so they so, yeah. So Peter Peter's working his ass off, busting his ass, working overtime at summer break, and then takes his parents' money because they're taking a vacation. Okay, so you think so? The narrator explains this, which I'm sure we clip, we dropped a clip of, and you see them in a plane. You think okay, they must have used the credit card to buy plane tickets to fly to Tibet, right? Uh-huh. No, they bought a jet plane. No, Peter's <laughs> flying the jet. <laughs> Peter and Peggy are the only two people on an airplane. They're flying this airplane to Tibet. Did they buy an airplane with their parents' credit card? They got like an Amex Black. What is if happening? that's the case, why is he working over it? I mean, I, I respect the hustle, you know, that he's, that he's, you know, I guess that he's also working and apparently doesn't need to because his parents' credit card can buy, can an buy airplane. planes. <laughs> They've got airplane what? money. But this is all. This all happens so fast. We just sort of. This is literally. This is like a twenty-second sequence, and we, you know, the questions. Just it's it's bananas. Yeah, Uh, I think it's also worth mentioning at this point. uh, Peter is he's a he's a well-meaning doofus. He's a Richie Cunningham, uh, and his sister 
is like very like 80s attractive with the short hair and she's done that thing with her shirt where she's like gathered it up and tied it in a knot so that it becomes a crop top. She's doing a Daisy Duke kind of thing. And they make her very hot, uh, which is annoying because she's the younger sister. So she's like under 18. uh, Yeah. So that's annoying. Yep. And (laughs) And she gets objectified by literally all uh, animal creatures. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, being constantly hit on by panda bears well, has the and monsters and monsters has the <laughs> has a pretty, you know, because a human writer wrote it, so it's like not as funny. But right, just a human, a little human girl, like beset upon by horny panda bears, got me a little bit. And yeah. the monsters and and a, and uh, and an abominable snowman. Yeah, but like oh, who's give her just a trying break. to get I mean... just an abominable snowman who's just trying to get with a teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> the, gross and just it just yeah. got me a little bit. Yeah, it's it's gross. And the there's so there's there they have a conversation in the airplane um, where one Peter says, "I checked with every observatory, Peggy, even NASA. Nobody saw the explosion but me." And I like the idea that he like, "Hey NASA, did you see any magic stuff fall from the sky?" And they're like, "No." And he's and he's like. Okay, Gotta cool. Go, cool. No, no more questions. And yeah. they're like, they're like why fine. did you ask? Oh, no, no reason. I'll hang up now. <laughs> I got to call every yeah. other observatory. <laughs> Hello, all observatories <laughs> on the planet? <laughs> um, You know, it is, it, it's frustrating, too, because they could have gotten maybe some more interesting drama from there being anybody else trying to follow whatever oh, this course. was. Oh, of course. Right. Like, also, a, like a Snidely Whiplash kind of character. Well, that's our Mondragor, but it, but I like yeah. having vectors, like because if NASA wanted it too, then like maybe it's maybe it's kind of like Jackie Chan, right? Where there's the sort of government agency mm. where it's like they're mm-hmm. not evil, but Jackie knows that they're not equipped for magic, so he's gonna, or, you know what I mean, like or like that trope of someone who constantly almost thinks he sees pandas talking and then like rubs his sure. eyes and no just kidding he's like ah, i know those kids are up to something weird you know like they could have done Did any those number pandas yeah. just flesh vulture on each other <laughs> <laughs> well so so the other i think this is also in the airplane but where Peggy, they talk about like Pe- the reason that Peggy's around is because she has the credit card. This is my chance to make a major scientific discovery. You mean our chance? I'm here too. Of course, you have the credit card. Oh and right, it's, the holder it's, of the credit card. Right, and you know they could have made it so that she's like I don't know an athlete or they like could a natural have. explorer or that or she just has interested in being there. It, it yeah. certainly does. Completely, really it does completely deprive her of of agency in the narrative. It has such a strong sibling tone, though, where the parents left the credit card with her, and he's like, "I want to buy a private jet to fly myself only by myself to Tibet." She's like, "No, mom and dad left the money with me. You can't go anywhere unless I go." <laughs> that would have been more interesting if they of course yes, put that's, that in that's, the that's, that's completely subtextual yeah. on my part. I have inferred that, but. I, I find it funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. totally. She's, yeah. she's only there because you wouldn't give him the credit card. Because. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So. Because their parents didn't trust their like nerd, nerd, you know. Yeah, they're, they're going to come home to a house full of telescopes. Looking at telescopes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. So, okay. So we can, so basically from here, we can kind of zip past. These were, those were my main, I think my main. Yeah. Because on at this, this point, it's mostly Panda nonsense. Right. Yeah. yeah Cause they meet so, Tim and Chesty and Algernon. Yeah. Let's, let's meet these pandas real fast. Let's do a little, a little bit of lip service because this is, there's not much to say. Uh, Chesty. They, I mean, they have three stooges energy a little bit, right? I mean, and they're yeah. not a, yeah. it's not a one-to-one. But we've got we've got a, a a grumpy leader, we've got a dumb one, and we've got a coward. Uh, it's a bit like Ed, Ed, and Eddie too, right? And yeah. uh, Chesty is the 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 big grumpy bully. Algernon is the dumb one, and Timothy is the coward one. And by and large, nobody gets much characterization except for Chesty, who talks the most and makes the most cogent sentences. Um, and apparently he's fluent in six extinct languages. Which I don't know why. Why would he be? He's a panda in Tibet, but that's okay. And I also liked I again. So this is all inference and subtext. I like <laughs> that these pandas like didn't move to the city and get jobs. They have personalities and and sentience, but they're just out doing panda shit. Like they just couldn't be bothered to mm-hmm. to sort of join the American rat race. <laughs> sure more chinese as it as it would be mm-hmm. all right so yeah mondragore tries to attack because they find one of these uh pyramids of power because the the structure of this show ostensibly right is very much like a 13 ghosts of scooby-doo it's very much like uh like a pirates of black water dark water and it's it's the it's the collectathon show right every episode we find a new x they it seems like they don't even want to do that. Uh, the a second episode we watched barely has them doing that outside of the weird action that they decided was going to be in the episode. So it feels like their premise they set up is just really flimsy. But they do find two pieces of the pyramid this week. Um, and they're just little pyramids. They don't even do anything special. It's kind of annoying. It's a it's a it's a it's a letdown for me. It's an infinite right. MacGuffin. Right. Because mm-hmm. they don't even say, well, well, there are 18 pieces of the pyramid or whatever. It's like, no, oh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. There could be a thousand. Well, and so, they never this season only has 13 episodes. It's the only season they made, and they did not find all of the pieces before they canceled the show. So, you know, what are you gonna do? Right. Maybe, maybe they knew they'd get canceled. Um, and yeah, the rest of this, the rest of this is is it all pales in comparison. The the panda nonsense, you can just imagine the slapstick happening. It's just really dumb. It's like bad. Bad Looney Tune energy. It's slide whistle, Scooby Doo shit. And it's all the tired gags that you've already seen before. Every every gag, it's like you know, you just think about the like, oh, does he have uh, big ears and hair and sharp teeth? Well, yeah. How do you know? Because he's right behind you. That that shit. Yeah, it's really bad. Just, it, but yeah, the guy that's right behind them. Steals the show because, uh, well, and steals Peggy because this is the the abominable snowman that shows up for no real reason except that they re- they remembered they're in Tibet with the Himalayas, and they have this giant snowman, and he is immediately in love with Peggy, and it's actually it got a huge laugh out of me because there's a sequence where they're like setting up camp and the camera just sort of pans over and we see the the abominable snowman like sheepishly hiding behind a tent. And then he just Leroy Jenkins out, grabs Peggy and runs off screen. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then we're expecting a kidnapping, you know, nasty, nasty man. 
And he, I mean, he still is a nasty man, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, we find out that he's got hard eyes for Peggy and he's actually like super crushing on her and he's kind of a bro and <laughs> took her, took her to like a cool, neat place. And, yeah. um, he, in the rest of the group sort of meets up and, and realizes that he took her to a hidden city. So they're all at the hidden city and she's like, no, he was really cool. He took me to this place. Um, he's my friend. Yeah. And, um, this is this is this is the final thing that I actually really want to describe, which is that they they find a piece of the pyramid that's sort of set up like Temple of Doom scenario in or or uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't remember which one it was that had the 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 idol with the rolling ball or whatever. Yeah, right? Raiders. Like, yeah, it's Raiders. And so they have like this moment where they're standing there with a pedestal and they grab it. And of course, the walls start closing in and there's it's a booby trap. And. Earlier on, they had found these like magical drinking fountains, and one of them made Algernon really smart, and one of them turned Chesty into a little baby. Right. So there's like the fountain of youth and the fountain of, I don't know, smart. Yeah, the fountain of smart. <laughs> and I actually, this is, it's it's another genuine laugh here. They're, uh, they're trying to figure out how to get out of it. And so Algernon drinks the smart water again. Well, oh, smart yeah, because he, he bottled, he bottled the water from each of the fountains. Yeah. And so he he drinks the smart water so that he can get this idea. And his idea is that there's a tiny window out of the room. And if they all become babies, they can fit through. <laughs> right. So they all have to drink the baby water to become babies so they can get sort of yeeted out the window. <laughs> Throw the babies out the window. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's a oh, really crazy was... it, it is a very entertaining solution to to a problem yeah um, but it's that i was not expecting yeah absolutely it is the other question is if these this pyramid just exploded right, right? Mm-hmm. and these pyramid pieces just got scattered across the the globe why is one in a like in an ancient temple yep yep uh with existing booby traps did the pyramid pieces create temples around them no see I, that's that's the thing though austin is that uh that part doesn't matter the pyramid of power doesn't matter it's all to prop up the important part which is the bad slap drinking drinking baby water to yeah. become baby <laughs> yeah this show's priorities are all backwards um and uh i don't know mondragore whammies the abominable snowman to make him attack but then peggy jumps into his arms and kisses him and then they dance (laughs) i think they ought to call you the adorable snowman yeah yeah and in his mind control melts away because of the power (laughs) of a kiss the power of a teenage girl's love for a monster (laughs) you can kiss a yeti and maybe Yetis aren't so bad after all. I guess. <sighs> yeah, he's still going to jail. <laughs> and we don't. We're, we don't have confirmation. He could be a sixteen-year-old Yeti. This could be a nice young Yeti. <laughs> That's a good point. Sixteen going on seventeen. Sort of a sound of music situation. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, you know, at one point, I don't think we mentioned it, but there is an alligator. I mean, there, yeah, there's some sort of Himalayan, natural Himalayan crocodile. <laughs> and, uh, oh, okay, okay. One other moment that made me smile. They are uh, on getting hunted by 
by the Yeti. We haven't seen them fully appear yet, but they grabbed one of the one of the pandas grabbed a bunch of food, including pineapples, you know, pineapples and oranges and all of those mm-hmm. Himalayan mountain fruit um, and bananas. And uh, an orange falls off of his fruit pile and the other, I think, Chesty is like, put the orange back. And so the panda takes the orange that was in his hands and just sort of attaches it to the tree. Uh, <laughs> like like he sort of re re you know reattached yeah. it to the vine I or something. At that too, but then I I was sort of confounded by the sort of not I didn't want it to be explained, but they just they played a laugh track like that was a joke, like that was a completed joke, you know? Right. Right. And, and I, I think the absurdism like, of it sort of got me, but the absurdism you know. got me too and then I guess the laugh track sort of made me think I missed it because you don't really <laughs> you don't you don't play a laugh track to absurdist comedy. Yeah. Well, laugh tracks laugh tracks make me feel like ass, I guess. I I don't have a I don't have a good way to end that sentence. They I hate them and they make me second guess everything about myself. Like if I laugh and the laugh track laughs, I'm like, oh shit, am I playing into some bad writer's hands? There there are shows like when they still kind of keep that multicam tradition, they can often feel a little weird without without the laugh track or a studio yes. audience. Yeah. Uh it kind of has to be built around not not playing those gags. But when Sheldon does a, a good joke and everybody laughs, let's go to a sponsor, shall we? <laughs> Andrew. Hello. Yes, hi. Andrew, uh, I want you to tell us about our new sponsor for the season. Can you please tell us about our exciting new sponsor, a sweater with yogurt on it? Yeah, you got it. So everyone, uh, you know, everyone gather around, gather around. I I, I have a very, I have a very exciting new product to sell. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a sweater. Oh, cat's out of the bag. It's a sweater. And uh, there's nothing wrong with it at all. You'll find you'll find that there's absolutely nothing wrong with this sweater. I was gonna give it to Austin for Christmas, and you know what? Rory may have done something. It didn't do anything wrong to the sweater. It's always what I intended, and I'm still gonna give this perfect sweater to Austin for Christmas. And no one's mad. No one's mad about anything Rory may or may not have done to this sweater that I had bought specially for Austin, and I thought he'd really look good in. Yeah. Well, you know. It's lonely out. It's lonely out there for a growing boy. I don't really know what you're getting at with that st- sentence. Well, I don't know. I I did or didn't do anything to the sweater. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't do. You didn't do anything awful to the sweater. And uh, and Austin, I hope that you really enjoy it. I hope you know. Take a look at it. here. I'll unfurl it. I'll unfurl it. Sure. Now before I do. Yeah. Now before I do, I just wanted to state for for no reason in particular because I don't see why this would relate to a sweater. But yeah, I yeah, do yeah. have a deadly dairy allergy, and yep. if anything, sort of. Yep. You know. Yep. Is so it the sweater? Is, is your, does your dairy allergy extend to metaphors? <laughs> it just might. I think it's pretty sensitive. Uh, well, you, at the very least, it's probably kind of gauche. You know to do to a boy like this with a with a with a crippling dairy allergy but that's not relevant because nothing happened to the sweater oh look i'm opening it up see austin a perfectly good sweater if i um if i for example put it on a cow just to see how funny that would be to see a cow in a grown man's sweater <laughs> that would that <laughs> that wouldn't upset your allergy 
Um, probably not, unless there's um, what smells like yogurt. Well, no, no, of course there's not yogurt. Don't don't pay attention to the finger I'm using to point exactly to a spot on your on your new exciting perfect sweater that I bought you for Christmas. Now, mm-hmm. Andy, really quick, yeah. when I told you that our the name of our sponsor was a sweater with yogurt on it, mm-hmm. uh, did that does that? Um, oh, that's not this sweater. Oh, of course that would. Of okay. course that wouldn't be this sweater, Austin, because I got you an unmolested sweater, free from dairy, for my good friend, and I showed it to Rory, and nothing bad happened when that occurred. I didn't all. go okay. to. I didn't go to a pasture and put it on cows to see if he it would didn't, be funny or not. He didn't go put it on the yogurt cows, the very special yogurt cows that squirt yogurt out of their udders <laughs> instead of regular milk. <laughs> So, so yeah, I hope you really enjoy your gift uh, where no mishap occurred. And Rory, I expect an unrelated Venmo <laughs> shortly. Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> I don't feel that any line has been crossed. <laughs> <laughs> listeners welcome back to our 200 episode special we're talking about pandemonium don't forget and remember i I, we don't have a theme for this episode but imagine that we're doing like a telethon right now and we're looking at the numbers the numbers counting up on all the people they're calling in and you know giving money so that we can save the satam the Saturday Money Tuesdays Rec Center that's going to shut down unless we host a successful telethon. In our imaginary um, world, can we pretend those numbers are very high and successful? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're 100%. extremely high, but they're not quite enough just yet. Okay, well, we no, got okay, the Rec sure. Center saved, but we haven't done all the cool extra like additions to it. The stretch goals, like putting a bar in and uh-huh. making sure we get a DJ around the house. Uh, also, you should go to our Patreon, by the way. You should join our Patreon. Yeah, actually, we haven't talked about that in the body of the podcast for quite some time because we don't like to harp on it. But you really should check out our Patreon. We've, I mean, it's directly a result of the Patreon that we've been able to do I've Read Dune uh, during this time frame, uh, which is also a little bit why the uh, the bonus episodes on the Patreon have been lean because you're you're uh, you're reaping the benefits with the, the very existence of I've Read Dune. Yeah, if you've heard our, our post-show tag uh clip mm-hmm. that we are putting out three episodes a week basically yeah uh, three podcast episodes three different shows uh yeah it is a lot of work for andy and um <laughs> that's true that's true but you know we're only able to do it because you know of the 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 delightful donations from our incredible patrons and that party can always grow we we have Ways of using it to help our show get better, and we appreciate every single penny. Anyway, we let Andy buy one snack before he sits down to edit our shows. He gets a treat. He gets, <laughs> yeah, he gets people food this time. <laughs> anyway, um, that that ad is only, over. Please but take only it back if to you've, us. No, only if you finished your bowl, you can get people food. <laughs> um. All right, let's look at. Unfortunately, let's look at the second episode of of pandemonium that we had to watch 
Yeah, it is actually uh, the second episode. Let me see. It is the it is the sixth episode of Pandemonium. Sixth? So we jumped in the middle. I didn't even know if that was you know if time remembered which episode it was. <laughs> but this episode is called Amanda Panda, and it was also on YouTube, and it had the best quality. So we watched it. <laughs> um, that is our reason because it's uh, like pretty sexist and and hard to watch. I loved um, it. <laughs> So here's the synopsis. The pandas are smitten with Amanda Panda, an inhabitant of the sacred city. Complicating matters are her jealous boyfriend, Pondor. Yeah, Pondor! Who is a large brown bear. Um, and Mondragor, who decides to use Amanda to lure the group into a trap. You know those names like Pondor, Mondragor, and Amanda? <laughs> so something I loved about Amanda Panda, we have talked, we've talked ad nauseum about, like, Sexy anthropomorphic cartoon, yes. cartoon women. Amanda Panda looks like an alien was tasked with making a sexy panda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like really angular and yeah, like vaguely, vaguely a sort of human female form, but not really. Well, now, uh, imagine Tony, I need you to make her hot, but in like a weird way. <laughs> No, no. So imagine this is this is my best way of describing it. Uh, if you've ever seen these on TikTok, then you'll know what I'm talking about. But there's like there's a thing they do on TikTok where they've got like quote unquote like the outlines and shapes of a quote unquote perfect face, and they'll take like a celebrity face and they'll slowly like push it to fit the outlines, and then they'll remove the outline, and it looks horrifying. Uh, this is like if you took an outline of like an hourglass figure woman, and then a, one of these normal pandas. <laughs> Well, no, but it's not like hourglass. It's angular. It's like you had to make her out yeah. of triangles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. First construct a woman of triangle. <laughs> make me a woman then of triangles. <laughs> take the outline of triangle woman and then <laughs> just sort of morph a panda into the then shape make without any bear. Make, make the triangle woman a bear so that I may have <laughs> sex upon her. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. And she she is just such a bad, like... She's such a bad character um, because she's she's all of those tropes of just sort of like, you know, the teasing, flirting, withholding woman. What she is, what she is, is like the hot, the hot dog that Scooby-Doo likes. Yeah. But it is not nearly as funny or as um, uh, unupsetting when it's a sentient person with dialogue. Yes. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. When the three pandas first see her, uh, they all have separate reactions. Chesty's my favorite because we're going to clip drop this right now. Or maybe we won't. We'll just have me saying it. But we'll find out in the edit. Well, fill my trunk with peanuts and call me Jumbo. Hey, wow, 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 wow. Hey, that's some fine looking female. God, <laughs> fill my cup with peanuts it's... and call me Jumbo is what I'm gonna say every time I see someone. <laughs> I hot wonder if now. that's a dated thing Ooh. that used to make sense. There's a couple other jokes like that. One of them is from the first episode. That's like, he, Chesty says right cross. He's doing like punch motion. He says right cross, left cross, red cross. Oh yeah, like call the red cross. Yeah, yeah. I guess, but it just felt like they were just doing a gag. It fit the form of a gag with zero thought on. Whether it was funny or made sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's from a, a bucket of old, old vaudeville bilge, bilge water. Like it's, <laughs> it's vaudeville just, bilge water. That's really yeah. good. That's potent. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very bad. So 
I want to get to the most important part, right? So they meet this girl. There's some like nonsense with a tiger that keeps trying to eat them, but they're so horny that they're floating up on horny clouds basically into the air. And every time the tiger is almost going to kill one of them, their horniness propels them away from his swiping claws. Uh, and then eventually they chase it off a cliff to its death. We watch a we watch a tiger die, and then when we finally figure out what's going on it's with this the panda, die of the tiger is the tiger that died. <laughs> but when we finally figure out what's going on with Amanda, it's because they've they've tracked her back to this sacred city, this like strange secret hidden. Chinese, Tibetan, hard to sell whether or not we it's crossed It's unclear a, uh, if they're still, or if, if they're are still, we still in the Tibet episode, then, region. Yeah, so they're looking for Singapore, which, if you're familiar with geography, is funny. <laughs> it is. are just, like, wandering around Tibet being like, where's Singapore? Where's Singapore? <laughs> I, I will say, I highly doubt anybody, anybody who worked in this show is familiar with Singapore. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> But this has got to be my favorite moment in the whole world. So they they like they chide her for having left the sacred city and she's sort of become aware of the uh, the three pandas being enamored of her and she goes, "Guys, this is my friend Pondor. You may as well know about him." And then this fucking giant bear wanders out <laughs> and he goes, "Amanda and I are very very good friends." <laughs> Amanda and I are very, very good friends. And this is Condor, <laughs> the the bear that you tell the bears not to worry about. Uh-huh. Also, the pandas are named Chesty, Timothy, and Algernon. And Pondor is not a panda. He's a brown bear. Uh-huh. I know. And he's... Oh my God, Pondor is the best. He's well, the actual the, what's best. funny too about Pondor's like introduction is that the the our three main character panda bears sort of I, I forget how they wind up in the city. Are they they following Amanda? Yeah, they follow right her. They swim. They swim through a whirlpool and end they, up there. Okay, it's a whirlpool. So they wake up, and the first thing you see when you wake up is a very tall brown bear and a bunch of like human citizens of this city with no explanation for a good minute and a half on why there's a very tall brown bear there. (laughs) Pondor is incredibly jealous. uh, And I guess he has reason to be because Amanda Panda spends the rest of this episode just kissing the other pandas constantly. Like leaning into their affection. At some point, because Mondragore took her over, does she ever kiss them pretty late. Oh, yeah, it is pretty late. Whole, like it's really late that Mondragor actually does anything. Okay. This whole time she's just like, "Oh, these boys think I'm really hot stuff. I guess I'll toy with them." You know, which is that great, incredibly great trope. Uh, but what I love about Pondor is that well, we to, see him. To her credit, she told them at the beginning she's in a serious relationship with a big brown bear, yeah. <laughs> and they chose to continue pursuing her. So I think any yeah. any hijinks at their expense is well earned. Yeah, true. Sure. Uh, While she's doing this, the camera pans up to Pondor on a cliff, and he's right next to a really conspicuous huge boulder. Like a wily Coyote boulder. It is, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And what's incredible is that this is actually such good writing. He's not even planning on using the boulder. The boulder hasn't even occurred to him. He's pondering about... Pondor. So he's pondering. Pondoring. (laughs) Yeah, he's pondering. 
I love it so much. He's like, maybe I'll send them a bad postcard. <laughs> and it, it it takes Mondragor using his magic to wiggle the boulder before he finally is like, oh, violence. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, yeah, I do love as like, he never would have engaged in that behavior yeah. <laughs> like it, it was like his his like weird breaking bad spiral into, into becoming an adversary um was mondragor um but yeah oh. God, it's 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 silly um m- most of this episode is is stupid bullshit that is uh, but worth I, mentioning but i do want to talk about one or two of them so yes yeah this is so i need your thoughts on this one I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a, a sequence of events. I want it to be no, This is gonna, this is gonna tip my hand for you two about what moment I'm talking about. But I want it to be known that before this moment, no one had talked about or seen any scissors. Okay, uh-huh. so, so there's it, a, a little scene that starts where Amanda clips a flower with some scissors and smells it. We don't know where the scissors came from. She then discards the scissors casually onto the ground, like. They're disposable one-use scissors. <laughs> Pondor takes these scissors and uses them to try and sabotage this bridge. And then he drops them. And Peter finds them. He picks them up and goes, I found Amanda's scissors by the cut rope. How did you know those were Amanda's scissors? <laughs> no one's talked about scissors before this. I, why would a panda have scissors? Where did she keep them? She doesn't have pockets. Pondor, Pondor knows maybe, maybe she just got scissors and Pondor knows about them. Pondor knows, well, Pondor knows uh, about Amanda's scissors. Well, later at the end of the episode, the way that they defeat Mondragor, who's trying to use his eye beams to hypnotize the whole group to give him their pyramid of power, they say, Amanda, use your mirror. Uh, which uh, we also did not know she had, well, but I think it's because all women carry scissors in mirrors. Well, that's, that's possible, yes. I will I will give them one point on this, which is that earlier there is a shot where she's preening herself in a handheld mirror, like at the beginning oh, of the episode. Okay. So she did canonically at one point have a mirror. And yes, that's brought back. I just thought the scissor shit was bizarre. Like who pulls out a pair of scissors, clips one thing and then throws them on the ground like they're done, like they're used. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> no. It, it, and that she actually overhears them suspecting her. Of of clipping, and then she runs off crying because she's like, "Some friends you are," <laughs> which you know I would say uh, is actually kind of valid. That yeah. uh, our our American boy was kind of jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Um, I have a sequence that I'm baffled by. Okay. And it was where so the boulder gets pushed down and creates this this chasm in the the cl- cliff that the pandas oh. and, and uh, Peter and Peggy are, are crossing, and the pandas are on one side and Peter and Peggy are, are on the other side. And they're trying to figure out how to cross this gap. And Peter's thinking, I got it. And then Peggy chimes in like, right, just pole vault across. How did you know? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and it's never explained. It's... N- is it is that just the writers tipping their hand? <laughs> is that just like a fourth wall break of like... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Stop asking questions, sad ambush. Nothing boys. matters. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking weird. I have one more. One okay. more. This is and then we can move on from this forever. <laughs> I love this moment so much. Mondragor gets so mad about everything 
that he's like, I got an idea. I know what I'm going to do. And he summons a tornado. The tornado drills a hole into the ground, creating a giant pit. He then uses his ice powers to coat and cover this pit with a layer of ice. And then he covers the ice by using his wind powers to blow dirt on top of it. And by effectively making a, a pit that they're going to like walk onto the ice, it'll crack and they'll fall into it and be trapped. And as he finishes this weird trap with his weather powers, he yells out, A masterpiece of treachery! i love i love his extremely like low-tech shit that he uses his weather powers for i'm actually in love with that he has no imagination you know what we did forget to mention was mondragor's failure oh yeah please tell Uh, us well i i try to remember the context he fails to do something uh and he's I, think just he's, like, I think he's telling them that, them that they're going to fail. Is that right? right? And, yeah, yeah. And um, he does a little... Oh, yeah, because he's like going to do a spell. Like, now I'm going to make them fail. And out of nowhere, the word fail, like, leaps from his fingertips and covers the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a Sesame yeah. Street segment or yeah. something. <laughs> Today's word is failure. (laughs) (laughs) But it's completely diegetic. It's like he literally conjured the word fail. Like that was part of the spell. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fucking weird. Um, And it's the only time anything like that happens in these two episodes. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's not like a recurring motif as far as I'm aware. The only no. other time words pop out is at one point the uh, the three pandas are in like a whisper huddle and like Chinese characters pop up like like as if they're speaking Chinese to each other. Yes. And then that, do, doesn't the word doesn't the English word to spell that just say tong or something yeah. like that, which is is that supposed to be like something that sounds like Chinese? Like Chinese? I, yeah. It's, I don't know. Who even knows? This this show was made from a bad perspective with bad motives. And yeah, by white po- people who've never looked at a map or and learned. Poorly designed and poorly yeah. thought out and full of bad jokes. And <laughs> it's everything we knew it would be, truly. Truly it is. Yeah, uh, uh, I just want to resolve this episode. So the, oh, the Pondor drama? <laughs> yeah, our, our heroes walk over this shallow pit and fall into it. And Mondragor sort of, you know, taunts them saying that, you know, you'll never escape from my shallow pit. And <laughs> um, and I'll, that I'll leave you here to freeze to death until you give me, you know, the triangle pieces that I want. And, <laughs> um, you know, they, they get out and they but they do so by lassoing, accidentally lassoing out of the pit to Pondor, who's sort of hanging out at the top of the pit. And Pondor ends up saving them. Uh, by pulling them again by accident, sort of pulling them out of the pit because he's, you know, covered in rope. Yeah, and everybody suddenly really turns around on Pondor. It's like, <laughs> wow, you're actually pretty all right, Pondor. You're a first-rate guy. I was totally and, wrong about you, Pondor. <laughs> yeah, um, I've always liked Pondor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, like, you know, Amanda and Pondor get like really fresh with each other. Um, and they, you know, sort of skip off into the sunset. Um, yeah, and, because and remember, they're like in a, a committed moment. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're very, yeah. very good friends, so they are smashing 100%. <laughs> right. Absolutely. All right. We've we've ticked a box that was left unticked for a a, a very long period of time. I feel I feel like some part of me finally sneezed. You know what I mean? Now that we've mm-hmm. seen this show. I feel like only these three American boys have seen this show. Um, yeah, but there else... are comments on that YouTube video. There are. Yeah, 12. In- including, what was <laughs> exactly this one that you 12. shared with us? <laughs> oh, yeah, there was one. I where... hope they make this a live action movie in the future. That'd be a cool idea. <laughs> okay, so that's actually something I've been meaning to mention for a lot of these shows. Is sometimes I dip into the comments when they are enabled on, on these YouTube videos. And to see the amount of people that have very bad ideas about what they think <laughs> should be done. The most obscure, bizarre, fucking stupid show like even you know even like turbo teen or something and people would be like i hope they make this a remake for netflix netflix will you remake this today like no 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 well you see it all the time in like in in like especially on reddit and stuff like i'm 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 not like deep into it but i do follow like the 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 sort of marvel studios mcu kind of conversations from time to time and the number of people who have extremely like well-regarded ideas on the subreddit of like oh they totally should do this that are just demonstrably horrible writing but everyone's like yeah they totally should do that like reminds you how much audience members should not be creators you know what i mean yeah yeah big time yeah i mean but i want to thank this show for you know for for giving us whatever initial push we needed to to make (laughs) At this point, definitely over 200 episodes of yeah. podcast. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm feeling a little sentimental tonight. Oh, um, you know, Austin. I want to think, I mean, I just, I, I'm happy to be on this journey with you two and with the people who have stuck with our show and yeah. are either listening to it, uh, you know, fairly recently or have been listening since the beginning. Um, we're not ending we're just, you know, it's a nice little moment of reflection because uh, we do this a lot, actually. We Doing do. We've watched a lot of cartoons. Like We're not lot. ending, but the moment we watch Pandemonium, the sun might be setting a little bit. <laughs> <on our> show. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've watched we've watched a lot of. Well, we've watched a lot of really bad content, and then we've had a, we've had a smaller chunk of surprisingly good content we didn't expect, and then we've wetted our yeah. whistle with good content we knew was good because we'd go nuts without it. And yeah. I, I always hope I, I come into every new arc and every new show with the hope that it's going to be the surprise. Like I always want a show to surprisingly be good. Like when we eventually watch Rude Dog and the Dweebs, I want that to be an incredible show, even though I know it won't be. And when we finally there's no like chance, there's literally there's, no chance. There's absolutely no chance. It's a horrible show. But this one, I wanted to be good. I wanted its weirdness to shine through more than its bad qualities, and it didn't. But it came close in a couple moments, and I, 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 I don't know. It was, it was nice. Well, what were, what, as as somebody who is who is a content creator, um, I always want a show that we watch for this podcast to have moments like this show did, where you see a boy taking his parents' credit card <laughs> and chartering a plane with, and, char- and, and buying a plane, apparently, 
uh, to fly to Tibet because they're on summer vacation. Um, I I love the world that this show lives in. Um, yeah. It makes no fucking sense. It's 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 batshit. <laughs> it's batshit. I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah. Well, it feels so much. I suppose this is more of a a, a thought that might have been better expressed at the beginning. It no, feels we're still so there. Mu- no, I know. But I but you don't know what I was going to say. Fair. um it feels so much like a show that they wrote after they had like something already drawn (laughs) they had Uh, 300 pages about mondragore and then had to (laughs) no no i mean like they got a cartoon that didn't have dialogue or something and they like Uh fit it in but this isn't some some sort of secondary property this isn't a a remix or yeah or anything like that so it's sort of befuddling how they got to those kind of choices like, I can imagine a situation where they get this fully drawn show and somebody's made their, made their normal American boy fly a plane with his sister and they have to mm-hmm. sort of jump through hoops explaining how this is part of the show. Well, and I, I kind of like the idea that they ha- that, that sort of situation came about and they're looking around like somebody finally like looks up from their desk and looks around at their contemporaries sort of becoming more complex cartoons in the 80s. <laughs> oh, and they no, go, we drew the whole thing and forgot to write it yet. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, everyone else. It's the 80s now and everyone else is starting to do interesting stuff. Can we like deep dive into Mondragore a little bit? Like we should fill out the Mondragore details, make him like an edgy villain or something. I don't know. Like. I, I would love that some Let's of those things Let's write a paragraph about the things he can and can't do. <laughs> <laughs> 300 words on my desk by three o'clock. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just, I love that they're basically, they're answering questions that nobody, <laughs> knows, right. that nobody right. was going to ask, you know, of just like, well, how do they get the money to fly that airplane <laughs> to get to, like, no, you don't have to answer that. You don't have to clarify this stuff. The weather wither, the weather wizard can still do his magic from Earth. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Earth, he can't do it, but he can do a different power on Earth. But in the sky, he... <laughs> God, oh fuck. Uh, well, we, yeah, do we need yeah, to just we call to... it? I think we gotta <laughs> call it. it. This has been two hundred. We have to. We have to... <laughs> Time of death. 10.46 p.m. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end, folks. <laughs> oh, well, at least for now. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Goodbye. Happy 200. Bye now. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. The Infinite Backlog is our extremely exciting Marvel podcast where we started at 1961 and we move forward with way too much reading. Wham, bam, pow. (laughs) And you get to hear almost every week Rory and Shane complain about how much reading it is. There's so much reading. It's always Warlock. (laughs) <laughs> it comes out most Saturdays. We've also got I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. Me, Rory Voy. It's a podcast where I have read Dune and they're my captive audience for an hour. Every Wednesday till we finish the book, we're releasing I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. Me. And I've Read Dune. <laughs> <laughs> 
And of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows really, and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content. Everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, And you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. Um, send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. <laughs> Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.